0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. I am your host, Tim. You know me as Crunches McBasketball on Twitter. And today I am joined by Noah Magaro George, a uh, writer and podcaster on All Things Spurs. Uh, he is here to join me as we talk about and, and really preview this Lakers Spurs matchup that's coming up in a couple days. Um, we're recording on Friday, uh, and as of this time um the Spurs are 1-0 and they have a blowout win against the Orlando Magic um that record may not look as favorable after they play Denver and Milwaukee the next couple of days before they play the Lakers um but they're going to be playing Los Angeles on Tuesday October 26th at 5 30 p.m Pacific and we're just here to you know run through a couple quick questions and see from the uh the other side of the the sideline how things are going and I know it's early in the season but uh Just want to check in on things. Noah, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How about yourself?
0: doing well. Uh oh and one for the Lakers so far. (laughs) Uh playing later today. I'm expecting a second loss against Phoenix. But after that, the schedule gets a little bit easier. Um and and the Spurs may be part of that. And as we're you know trying to get this Spurs team into context, just it's so early on the season. Records don't really mean much right now, but what would you say is the general vibe of this team, whether it's the team itself or, or folks covering the team or the fans? Where is this group as an organization right now?
1: Yeah, I, I think on the whole, at least among the players, we'll start there with the players. They seem to be very optimistic about this uh, the season. And, and, and I think... That's completely justified for them. I mean, you look at who's on the team. You've got DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Heldon Johnson, guys who've been around for a few years. They've sort of waited in the wings while DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills and Rudy Gay sort of ran the show. And, And now it's their time and they're excited. They want to play as a team. They want to move the ball. They want to run fast. And not just those guys, but now they have, you know, Devin Vassell that Josh Primo, we'll see how much he plays. And, uh, you know, Trey Jones is out there as well. So they're just excited to be together as a young group. They spend a lot of time, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams do, but they spend a lot of time together during the offseason, hanging around San Antonio, going to landmarks of the city. They even travel to Austin. So they seem really close. They tag each other on social media all the time. They're always laughing on the sidelines. And, of course, it's one game, like you mentioned. Things could change over the course of a season. But right now, the general vibe is very positive, even among the fan base. And we can move on to that real quick. I think a lot of fans understand this isn't a championship contender. It may not even be a playoff contender, but they're very optimistic about look, it's a young team. We're gonna get a lot of fast basketball, a lot more three-point shooting with the additions of guys like Brent Forbes and Doug McDermott, and and maybe some more three point shooting from DeJounte Murray and Derek Wide and Lonnie Walker. So fans are excited and you know, I think that's a good place in comparison where fans and the team has been in the last couple of years, even though, you know, personally I think the Spurs are sort of in basketball purgatory still.
0: I was, I was just going to bring up that word because that is how I would describe the the past couple seasons with this team where they just weren't quite ready to turn that page. They had those vets in there. You knew they were going to play a certain style of basketball. And now moving to this group that's much younger, uh, we, you brought in the the shooting like you talked about, Doug McDermott, Bryn Forbes. Hopefully that surrounds those core pieces as well. But it is a very young group. Um, there are a lot of names. I'm looking through like the box score from the first game against Orlando, and I'm like, I, I truly, I don't know how much to expect from some of these guys. Once you get to the bench, Um, what from a like season perspective standpoint are the expectations for this team? I know. I mean, I I remember the Laker days where we were a lottery team for years and it wasn't as much like on my part, this angst and and displeasure as much as I changed my mindset and it was like, all right, we're going to suck and that's okay. And we're just looking for that progress. Along the way, I didn't know, you know, it wasn't like we need to make the playoffs. It was just we're hoping for growth for, for the Spurs now changing that mindset. Now a different type of basketball team from the title years and then the past couple years. What are the expectations and, and I guess goals for the Spurs this season and what would a successful season look like?
1: Yeah, I think their goal this season is just to figure out what they have, right? We know that DeJounte Murray and Derek White and the other guys we mentioned that they've been part of the organization for a few years, but they haven't had the reins of the offense. They haven't really played, I think, more than 30 minutes per game, really been the main focus of a team. And now they're going to get that opportunity and guys like Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker, they're going to get opportunities to come off the bench, try to score a little bit more, have more responsibilities. And for the Spurs, just finding out, you know, who is who are these players? Who's worth keeping around? Who can we build around or is that guy even here? I think that's the goal of this season now. I think if you ask Popovich, the goal's probably make the playoffs. Um he pretty much says the same thing every year like we're not, you know, we're not going to try to lose any games. We're trying to win games here and that's that's a fine mindset, I think. Especially if you're a head coach who's respected, you've been in the league a long time, you've won titles, of course you're not going to try to just outright tank, and I think as long as Pop is there, they're going to try to win. So I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs. My expectations for them are a little bit different, but I still think the goal for me, if I had to set one for them, is the same. Figure out what you have, move forward, and start your rebuilding process, because I think that's what this is around what you figure out.
0: I like that. And and I mean, it's not just a one year league like this is going on and on and on. And it's it's like a dynasty league in sports. Like sometimes, you're, you know, you're not going to be competing that year. And it's just about growing and, and figuring out what you have. So, yeah, that that's, you know, it's everybody's in a different spot. And that's just where the Spurs are this year. Now, from the one game we've seen so far, and I guess thinking ahead as to how this team could look when things are clicking, what like what do the what do the Spurs do well or what would the Spurs be doing that would cause them to really be on a roll and and kicking butt in the game and what are their keys to success with this group of players
1: I think the key to success with this group of players is keeping the ball moving you know the ball can't stick in anybody's hands I know DeJounte Murray's taken strides as sort of a a go-to score over the preseason over last season and even through one game I guess if you want to throw that in there but there's not really a go-to guy not a bona fide all-star sort of guy and they can't afford to have the ball stick in one guy's hands there just isn't somebody who has a ton of you know individual self-creation ability so just keeping the ball moving make sure that nobody's stagnant make sure players are moving around making cuts setting screens and that everybody's engaged and then also taking advantage of their athleticism their youth you know pushing the pace and The last thing that's important for them and something that pop has been preaching is just the defensive intensity and attention to detail that has to be there because otherwise you're not going to win games with your offense. You absolutely have to be engaged and you know what the first game they came out there. They did exactly that. Now, you know, does that matter all that much? The Orlando Magic were already sort of a bottom of the barrel team and they were missing six rotation players. So Things weren't going their way before the tip-off even happened. But for the Spurs, you have to be, you know, at least a little bit optimistic about what you saw. I mean, they they moved the ball. They were one of the top, at least through one game, you know, assist teams, uh, passes were being made. Defense was really good. They forced a lot of turnovers. And, uh, you know, I was looking through the stats and one of the things that they did really well was they had the longest defensive possessions out of every team so far. So they were really forcing the magic to work hard to get, you know, their buckets. They had a a few, uh, you know, shot clock violations, but at the same time, again, I want to temper expectations because the magic, you know, they're rolling out Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. Those were the guys who had the keys to the offense. So not sure you can buy into that, but at least if you're the Spurs, a little optimistic that, Hey. We said we we're gonna do something. We did it game one. Let's continue to do it for the rest of the season. And you know, whether or not they do it, I have no idea, but hopefully they can.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's about having that growth, setting those goals and, and meeting them and the uh, the length of defensive possessions. That's an interesting one to me. I've seen uh I mean, just looking at data in general, like the teams forcing a higher percentage of shots late in the shot clock tend to have success. It means you're doing something well. So one game sample doesn't really mean anything. It could be just as much on Orlando as it is on San Antonio, but they're they're doing what they're doing. So, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. It's like uh, a college football team early in the season, you play some cupcakes, but if you beat up on them, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. It's, you can't really knock on that. Uh, we don't know as much about this team, you know, as of right now in a few days we will. Uh, and I'm sure they'll continue to grow and progress throughout the season. But one thing that I, I think you mentioned, and I think will be interesting is, pops like this isn't a team that's probably gonna tank like they they may not have one of the better rosters in the league but they're gonna get the most out of it and keep trying for 82 games and and I think that's commendable but there will be stretches where they're struggling and with this roster you know there are some weaknesses here or there from your perspective if things are to not be going great if, if they're having a really bad game what does that look like where are there bad, specific bad habits? Um, or, you know, certain things that are, you know, a kind of a a swing area for them that can either, you know, they'll do well, or if it's not going well, it's it's really going to bog down this team.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things like we mentioned ball movement and how it was so good against the Magic, they were creating open shots, they were moving without the ball, they were taking smart shots. But we also saw during the preseason, this ideology of being selfless, you know, keep the ball moving, At some points, it was a little excessive, like they were passing up open shots. They were driving, kicking, driving, kicking, passing up multiple open shots. And then by the end of it, there wasn't a good shot anymore. And they had wasted most of the shot clock and they didn't knock down shots. And we saw that against the Miami Heat when the Miami Heat during the preseason, they were down to like six rotation players. And the Spurs pretty much put everyone out there. It was the Spurs against like the third stringers for the Heat. And they lost that game. So that was sort of one of the things that I thought, okay, well, you know, make the right pass, you know, be selfless, but there's a certain extent where, you know, take a shot. If you're open, take the shot. And I think Sean Elliott mentioned it too on the broadcast. We're like, look, Keldon Johnson's taking the ball down one-on-one. He has Jalen Suggs on him. He can probably drive through him, but he, you know, he pulls up, holds up, makes sure everybody else gets back and gives it right back to DeJounte. And it's like, I understand being selfless, but sometimes you got to know when to pick your spots. And for me, that was a spot Keldon Johnson needed to pick. And then I guess the other thing for them that's going to be really important, and and if they're not doing this well, um, it's shooting the three ball, right? I mean, we know Doug McDermott can shoot. We definitely know that Bryn, Bryn Forbes can shoot, but you know everybody else on the roster is sort of a question mark. I mean, Derek White is a little below league average for his career. Dejounte Murray's well below league average for his career. Same thing with um, you know guys like Lonnie Walker coming off the bench, and it was weird. You know, Pop ran a nine man rotation pretty strictly until they blew the game wide open late in the third quarter, and. I don't know if that's something we can expect for the rest of the year, but if, if they can't figure out how to play and, and shoot the three ball and also figure out these rotations early on in the season, I think they could struggle a little bit.
0: Yeah, that'll be something to track. And we're only going to see one game of it from the Laker perspective, but maybe we'll check in later in the season and, and see how that's going. Now, thinking specifically to this game against LA, I'm expecting the Lakers to come in. They are a little bit thin with some of their positions right now. They have a lot of injuries. THT is out. Trevor Rees is out. Wayne Ellington, he might be back by then, but he's probably out. Kendrick Nunn's out. Uh, they're rolling out some guys that generally probably wouldn't be in the rotation, like a Rajon Rondo, DeAndre Jordan, if folks were healthy. And the Lakers are going to come into this game. They've got their three stars or, or, you know, their two stars in Russell Westbrook Um, and, and they're going to come at you with them. And they've got a lot of guys on this roster that are just going to catch and shoot Um, a couple dudes that can do a little bit more than that, like a Malik monk, but this is a team that I think they're still figuring out who they are, but right now, at least from game one, it's a lot of hero ball type of stuff. And defensively they're going to play that drop coverage and they're going to try to rotate around and, hope that they don't have as many uh, lineups that have like a combination of Rajon Rondo, Malik Monk, and Carmelo Anthony in there at the same time because we saw a lot of breakdowns in game one. For the Spurs against the Lakers, we'll play a little game of fill in the blank. Spurs win if blank.
1: You know, I think the Spurs probably won't win this game, but the Spurs win (laughs) if they can find a way to keep Anthony Davis off the boards and from just getting whatever he wants. I mean, you look at historically I guess like the last five or six games that he's played against the Spurs he's dominated them he's been all over the boards he's got whatever he wants and you know they throw Yaka Pirtle out there on him because he's pretty much the only like guy who who's in the rotation for like 25 to 30 minutes per game and that hasn't really worked and I'm not sure that it'll work much better if you throw Drew Eubanks out there or Thad Young like that's tough and, and, and on top of that they've got to be able to stop someone like LeBron James and if you can't stop them you also need to figure out how to stop the teammates because we know, I mean, we know LeBron James can get everybody else involved. And so I think that's where things begin to devolve a bit. But if they can contain Anthony Davis a little bit, I think they might have a good chance to win that game. Okay.
0: And then on the opposite side of things, rather than just being the inverse, if they don't contain AD, are there any specific things that if they happen for the Lakers, Spurs are in trouble? Lakers win if blank.
1: Yeah, I think the Lakers win if if LeBron James can get his teammates involved, I mean, I, I love the Spurs, mm-hmm. and I think they have some really good switchable defenders. They have guys who, you know, they pride themselves on that end of the floor. You got Derek and DeJounte Murray, and Devin Vassell, who, you know, they're excellent defenders by, by really any measure, but you know, the rest of the guys out there, I'm not sure I trust them all that much. Like Doug McDermott is fine, but he, he can become a liability at times. Same thing with Bryn Forbes. Lonnie Walker has the tools to be a good defender, but really hasn't been since he's entered the league. So I think if LeBron James is moving the ball around, if the Lakers are moving around and forcing the Spurs to really communicate, um, you know, things could break down. They're a young team, you know, as, as much as they care about and have really emphasized playing good team defense, um, you know, that's easier said than done sometimes, especially for young guys who They haven't been together that long in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, and and that's, I mean, both teams here in this matchup. So heading into this game, we're still trying to figure out, you know, who's who and and what are the team strategies, what are those identities. But uh, early season matchup should be a fun one. Again, it's coming up on Tuesday, the 26th, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, We'll, you know, enjoy it from Central Time, you and me. Uh, And, you know, thanks for joining me, Noah. Uh, Best of luck this season. And, you know, we'll see how things go Tuesday. But just one game of many. Hopefully both teams can see some progress and be headed in the right direction.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.